So I would like to give a very, very brief uh, devotional from 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and uh, verses 11 through 13. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Father, I pray that as we meditate on a couple of verses here that uh, you would enable us to make our commitment to you in this uh, table and uh, your commitment to us uh, a reality. And so bless this uh, preaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there is five action verbs in verses uh, 11 and 12 that I would like each of us to lay claim to Say, yes, Lord, we're going to do this as we come to the table. We're going to commit ourselves to these things and then to come to the table and receive his grace to be able to do it. The first action verb is flee. But you, O man of God, flee these things. And uh, what things were they to flee? They were to flee the greed, the lusts, the sins that were listed uh, previously. And uh, this command to flee implies danger. Uh, you don't stick around. Uh, I mean, there are some things you stand down. I've had a pack of dogs turn on me, and uh, when you run, dogs tend to want to bite even more. Uh, so there are some things you stand down, but there are some things you just run from. Um, it implies our own weakness and vulnerability. Why would we flee? It's because we are weak. We're going to fall into sin if we play around with it. You do not dally with sin. You flee from sin. Um, it implies action, not simply prayer. Some people say, oh, Lord, forgive me, and then they go on and sin again. Lord, forgive me, and they sin. No, take action. Flee. Take action away from sin, going in the opposite direction of that sin. The second verb there is pursue. So you flee, and then you pursue actively after what? After righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, uh, gentleness. This implies effort on our part. Christianity is not just a passive, oh Lord, just make me sanctified, please. Just do it. Zap me so that I can be holy. No, he wants us to be warriors and he wants us to actively pursue after righteousness. And we're making that kind of a commitment as being good foot soldiers at his cross. So if we're to pursue something, that means we've got to have a goal uh, that we're going after and the scriptures give us that goal. We have to have direction, and it should be a lifetime pursuit. It's not just for a day or two. The next uh, action is fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Again, we're not passive. Um, what is a good fight? A good fight is a fight in which God is on your side, right? It's a fight that he calls you to. We get into fights sometimes that God has not called us to get into. 
But it's a good fight if God calls us to fight against it. Uh, it's a fight that we win, as Josh was verbally saying here. Yes, I don't know any fight that I've been in that I thought was good that I lost. <laughs> so why can we have confidence that we will win? Well, there's so many promises in the Scripture that if we're willing by faith to engage with God, He will go before us. He will fight those battles for us. It's not, you know, when the, Canaanite, uh, the Israelites went into Canaan, they had to fight. They had to use sword and spear, but he said they didn't win the battles because of their swords or spears. God used them as means, but it was the Lord who fought for them. And so uh, a good fight is one that God calls us to. It's one that we can win. Why? Because First John says, everyone who is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And um, he calls it explicitly here, fight the good fight of faith. Everything we have, we have to receive from heaven the strength to fight, the, the uh, armor that we need for fighting. It's received. That's why we fight the good fight of faith. It's something that's received from heaven. And so a good fight is also one that God helps us with. And then the next verb is lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called. Lay hold. If you grab something, it's there in front of you, right? You're viewing it. It's something that has your attention. When we lay hold on eternal life, it's implying that eternal life is something that matters to us right now. It's not just pie in the sky, by and by. Uh, my dad, uh, when we were growing up, always told me that we needed to develop an eternal perspective on everything that we did. So when we're doing something, we're not just doing it for the now. We're doing it for God. We're doing it for eternity. So lay hold on eternal life. Um, and then the last one is the confession. Confess. It says, you have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And this calls us not to be ashamed. Uh, God doesn't want quiet believers uh, who silently... Um, are committed to Christ. He wants them to be willing to testify before others. This means not just evangelism, but when it comes to a tough decision that you make at work, am I going to serve Christ in this or am I going to go along with this compromise? You have to tell them, look, the Lord Christ calls me not to do this. We had a friend in a seminary. This was their job, and it was a pretty good job. Uh, and the boss told them that they needed to cheat by signing a form, some of the uh, medical supplies had gotten contaminated. And he said, I just can't do that. That would be a lie, a dishonor to my Lord. And they said, if you don't do it, you're going to get fired. They had to make this choice, uh, be without any employment. And they were in a desperate situation. They said, we're trusting the Lord on this. We cannot do it. And so they didn't sign off on it, got fired, and ended up getting a better job. But uh, being willing to confess Christ uh, sometimes is a hard thing to do. It may cost you. And so be proud to be associated with God. Witness, do not be ashamed of him. And as you come to the Lord's table this morning, keep those five things, but also re be reminded that just as food strengthens us, and it's a symbol of Christ's grace strengthening us. You cannot do those five things apart from his grace. All the way through there, it's faith that appropriates from heaven what we need. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, 
When he had given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, our Savior also took the cup, gave it to his disciples, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And Father, we don't want to ever forget that without the cross of Christ, without his atonement, without what he has purchased for us, we can do nothing, nothing that will last for eternity. And so, Father, as we make our commitment to try to live by these five things, we recognize we will fail apart from your grace. And so just as we receive strength from this wine and from this uh, food, we pray that in the same way we would receive the strength that we need to be able to live our Christian life in this coming week. Bless this, your people. Fill them with your spirit. Encourage them. Give them hope. Give them faith. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.